This is Inside Sports. Sashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Inside the updates. Just gone 13 minutes past eight. Assalamu alaikum and a very good evening. You're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars. I'm your host, Firoz Sheikh. My tech tonight is Nazim Peterson. We're talking football tonight. My guest is the former Vereniging All Boys, Blue Belt, Swaraj, Dynamos, and Orlando Pirates defender Gora Ibrahim. But before I chat to Gora, let's catch up with the latest news uh, coming through from today. There's FA Cup fourth round action. I can tell you, Man United up against Liverpool, 54 minutes gone. Uh, United leading that one uh, 2-1. Marcus Rashford just scoring the second there a couple of minutes ago. Some of the results from earlier on there. Chelsea beat Luton Town 3-1. Leicester beat Brentford 3-1. There's one late game as well. Everton taking on Sheffield uh, Wednesday. Cape Town City, a good win for them against Golden Arrows in the DSTV Premiership. They won that match uh, 4-2. In some cricketing news coming through, England with 339 for 9 in the first innings at Stamps on day 3 of the second test against Sri Lanka in goal. Joe Root is in fine form. The 186 is second 100 in the series while the home side made 381 in their first innings and the Lions beat the Warriors by 42 runs in their Pool B Momentum One Day Cup match in Poch of Sturm, chasing 211 to win that match. The Warriors were bowled out for 168. Time now to say Assalamu Alaikum. Gorai Ibrahim. Gora, I think we just have a technical problem there, and Nazim's going to try to get Gora back online there, um, and then we can chat to him. Of course, Gora and Brian played for many teams in the FPL, uh, very young, so young when he started there, so we'll get to hear his story. Just the latest coming through from Old Trafford, 56 minutes gone, United 2-1 up there. Uh, Liverpool took the lead through Mohamed Salah, uh, Mason Greenwood equalised, and then Marcus Rashford putting them a 2-1 ahead. Just another result uh, from yesterday or earlier today. Uh, Manchester City were 10 minutes away from going out, so they were, uh, they won that one eventually, beating Cheltenham there uh, 3-1 there. So we're still trying to get hold of uh, Gora. Gora, assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Firoz, is it better now? Uh, a little bit better. How are you doing this evening? I'm very good, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for you having me on the show. Thank you. I'm, I feel honoured. No, no, it's only a pleasure and thanks for joining us. I mean, you joining us from Johannesburg uh, uh, this evening. Thanks for joining us on Voice of the Cape, Cora. Of course, you can join the conversation tonight if you're back home, 021-442-3530, or you can WhatsApp us on 0829-913-913 for any comments or questions to uh, Gora. So, Gora, let's start from the very, very beginning there. Where did it all begin for Gora Ibrahim? Was football? You're always your first uh, sport of choice. Yeah, uh, football has always been a dream, Firoz. Right? Um, you you may you may know or, or may not know that I'm originally from Vereniging. Um So it all started on the dusty streets of Vereniging in, in a little dorky called Roshni, where <coughs> we just dreamed of playing in playing in front of masses, in front of, of big crowds of people. 
Um, I was born, I was, what, a year old in Roshni started off. Twelve years later, we had Ferenig and Old Boys playing professional football. Mm. And it was a massive boost for the town and for us. We had the opportunity to see all these wonderful players uh, driving into town every second Sunday. And we just dreamt. And it all started there for me. So so there were the stars there. There was a guy, were the guys you looked up to. Yes. Ferenigan has a, a big history. Well, uh, a fairly extensive history of... Of football, rich history. Ferenigan all boys started in the 50s and when, before we moved to Roshni, we all lived together in a, in a little town, or at least in a town called Top Location, which was close to the to the city. Um, and my dad and the Naidu brothers began the Ferenigan all boys brand. Um, it was just a little team that, that, was, that got everyone in the town together to play football. And unbeknown to them, it became it became massive. It was a team that gave the town hope and pride, and a big sense of pride. And as we moved in further into Johannesburg, playing against teams, we really, really did well. And so Frenigen became, I suppose, known because of the football before anything else. But I wasn't young enough to, to see my dad play or the Naidu brothers. Mm. I saw the second generation of players, people like Bailu Bayat, who was the captain of the Trinigan All Boys team that, that won in uh, the 70s Cup in 1981. He was one of my heroes, and he still continues to be one of them. Now we're going to come, uh, we're going to chat about that cup uh, in a short while, Gora. Now, were you always a, a centre half uh, when you started off, or did you start off in another position? Funnily not. You know, in, in, in the way we grew up playing football, there was no position. We were all footballers. <laughs> we were not centre-halves or strikers or, or right-wings. We grew up in, in Roshni, and for most part of my junior life, the football was very unorganised. only became organised when I sort of started um, middle school, grade, grade 5, when we started playing in proper teams. So by then, I think I'd cultivated the the skills of playing pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Mm. But because my dad was a famous right back, I started off at right back. And it became quite boring because, uh, you know, that time right back wasn't what it, was, what, what it is right now. Mm. You needed to defend. You didn't necessarily have to attack. Uh, you, that was essentially what it was. But I had too many, too many other gifts, I suppose, to stay in that position. Uh. And I moved to the center, and I, and I just loved playing in the center of the midfield, in the center of defending. Those were my two favorite positions. Now, now I can't ask you about uh, all the amateur teams you played for because you made your debut at a very, very young age in the FPL as a 15-year-old in Standard 8, and that was, of course, for a VOB. How did that opportunity come along? So that was quite interesting. I, I got Dougie Carlos uh, to to thank for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Dougie was the coach of Frenigan Old Boys that had just won the um, the seventh season in 1981. In 1981, I was playing under 16 for my team called Glendine, um, and Glendine I just swept everyone away in LFA in under 16 league. We won the cup the league and we won the um, the cup 
we, we did the double. And the next year, I was, we were still getting ready in the pre-season. And Daddy saw me running around with my with my buddies, and he called me over and he said, would you like to ever run with the guys um, tomorrow? And my eyes just lit up and I said, absolutely, Mr. Carlos, absolutely. I really, really loved it. So I went the next day, and he asked me to stay on the next day. And um, three weeks later, I made my debut for Vereniging and Old Boys. Unofficially, I must, I must say, mm. when I when I had to mark Kelvin Peterson at the North Bay Stadium. Uh, well, not, not Kelvin, it was Keith. Keith America. Was the big, I hated number nine, the number <laughs> nine jersey after that. That number nine jersey was in my face the whole time. Are you there, Gora? I am indeed. Okay. Sorry, I think you just got cut off there for a few uh, uh, seconds. Now, uh, what was it like uh, being coached by uh, Dougie Carter? Uh, of course, he was a legend himself, uh, obviously from Cape Town and then made his name big. Uh, what was it like being coached by him? So, I have just a few things to, um, before I speak about Dougie. Mm. Personally, I had never been really coached before. We grew up in Serena and all our football was small-sided games. We hardly had a coach who really knew what they what they were doing. All our coaches were um, our teachers um, who didn't really coach us, just sort of placed us into position and said, listen, you now have to play. So when I started playing, when I started being coached by Dougie, it was... Um, it was something out of this world because his attention to detail and, and the things that he was telling me, I actually didn't believe that I had to do all of those little things for, for things to, to mm. work out. Mm. But it took me under his wing. Um, he was so, perhaps, I didn't know it then, but I know it now, so far ahead of his time in, term of tech, in terms of tactics and technical know-how. Um, it was just awesome. I was learning every day, every day. Uh, it actually wasn't a shock. I wasn't a student. I was a football player. It consumed me. Every night, the training at, at the Roshni grounds consumed me. Just being in the company of Dougie and of course all of the other legends. No, fantastic. Now, it must have been an awesome experience playing pro at such an, an early age. Was it something you adapted to very easily or, or maybe took a, a bit of time to settle in a bit? A pro football wasn't... Pro football was something that you dreamt of. Um, not really. You, you, we just dreamt of playing in of larger, larger crowds of people. We just dreamt of being adulated and um, um, being spoken about and um, being complimented. That's what it was. But when Serenachan always came in there, they brought professional football to, to that little town. And they changed everything. It was, un I, I suppose it was unlike most towns. All of a sudden, our dream wasn't just to play in front of people. It was to travel, to travel um, around the country it was a little more than that. For me, if you ask me, if you, uh, three or four years earlier before I played for, before I made my debut, was it a dream? I would say not really. I just wanted to enjoy my football. Mm. When DOB professional team rolled into in Serenachan, it became an instant dream for many of us. But for me, 
it became a passion. It became something that completely enveloped me. Um, and of course, I had a lot of difficulty at first, a lot of difficulty. No, absolutely. Now, God, I'm just listening to you and about v, uh, VOB, if I may call them that, because that's what they were known as. Um, reminds me of, of uh, countries like England and stuff where you have all these small teams. And, you know, when they advance in the FA Cups or the major cups and it, it's huge and they become heroes, you know, overnight for, for, for the, their towns, their small towns and stuff. Was that the same for you guys? Of, of course. I mean, can you remember some of those VOB stars that lifted that Seven Seas Cup for the very first? I'm sure that must have been one of their major uh, honors uh, to date uh, or something like that. Uh- it, it, it's something that, that um, that's often spoken about in Russian, um, uh, that, that victory. Because that victory catapulted Srinathan Roshni to, to the epitome of, um, of achievement. Mm. Up until then, we had Srinathan old boys who had um, the earlier generations who did extremely well, who dominated football in the SDFU League, but with dominated football at a level, they became known as um, just in the, in the confines. But Uncle Chomi Ali uh, was the manager at the time, and Uncle Farouk Motala, they took the team to a different level. Um, they took the team to a national level. They brought, they brought they brought, um, they raised out the profile and the status of Roshni four or five times over. So, yes, we had great players at the time. We had the Naidu brothers, we had Carter, we had Bombakota, and, um, and, and so many, so many of them. But they hadn't, hadn't scaled those heights. They hadn't been given that type of recognition. Now, so I was um, watching that 1981 team. Now this year marks the Gora. Um, this year marks the 40th anniversary of that victory for the uh, VOB uh, team. Uh, is there any plans for them to have something uh, in Vereniging uh, in Roshni? Yes, we. I'm, we I'm, I, I speak to Harun Bera quite often. Harun was was a, a, a very important member of the team. Played in the midfield then. And I think he scored the winner in, in the semi-finals. Mm. If if, um, if I'm not so sure against Leeds, Wentworth Leeds. So Harun is planning, and hopefully I'm going to be very involved in that planning the 40th anniversary of that victory, which is this year, which comes up this year in 2021, uh, somewhere around December. Um, since it happened in 1981, yes, we are going to commemorate, commemorate that, and plans are afoot. No, fantastic. It's a huge milestone. Absolutely. Now, you spent a very short time at the VOB before moving on to Blue Bells. Why the move to Bells? So, at VOB, in, in, uh, as a 15-year-old, I, couldn't, I really couldn't sustain it. As a 15-year-old, I needed to concentrate on my studies. And all the time I heard my, my teachers saying, <laughs> football is not going to get you anywhere. And I was just too consumed. And I realized that I, I, was, ex- I was fairly bright at school. There were lots of things were happening. So I, I took a break from in, 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 in Senate, Senate 8. And I then went back in Senate 9. 
And in Standard 9, I, I really got into the first team, played lots of football. But Ferenig and Old Boys sold their franchise. Okay. And I think that, that was, they sold to Azadwell Ace, and that was perhaps one of the saddest things that could have happened to our little town. Mm. But it just sort of spurred me on. In When I went to college in 1985, Bluebells came knocking on the door. But I must tell you, Bluebells tried to sign me in 1984 when I was at school. They came... <laughs> Uh, in a whole delegation, what what a wonderful team! What an um, it's just uh, it, it was just an environment that that was that I've never never experienced before. The Bluebells team, about a delegation of about seven or eight of them came to to our house in 1984, and they tried to sign me up. Uh, Louis was our coach, but my mum wouldn't let me go for a whole host of reasons. I just lost my dad then, a couple of months before. I just become head become head prefect at school, and I really needed needed to knuckle down at school. And um, she decided not to send me, so I missed out in '84. But in '85, bells wouldn't have anything. They they contacted me at college, and of course I started playing for them. Now, by the way, which school did you go to, Gora? I was at Roshni High, 12 years. 12 years at Roshni High. 12 years. Every yeah. year we just moved two classes, <laughs> two classes to the left or two classes to the right, <laughs> just depending on which block you were. Yeah. And the first head prefect that started in grade one. Okay, fantastic. So, <laughs> so it was a bit of a milestone. We made the newspapers myself and Disney Desu, yeah. um, the, the two of us. But... Um, Yes, Roshni, and and also just just for just for interest sake, it may not be relevant, but Roshni High won the Transvaal High School in 1984 with a set of 11 players. We beat Nirvana, which was the top school then. We beat all the top schools in in Gauteng. Oh, fantastic! Um, then it was off to uh, Swaraj and Dynamos before the opportunity to play for one of the biggest clubs in South Africa, Orlando Pirates. Uh, talk us through those moves before we get to Pirates. Of course, uh, uh, VOB and uh, Blue Belts was your FPL days, and Swaraj was in another league, right? It was the OK League. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would never have left a Blue Bells ordinarily. It was a wonderful place to be. But I was I was extremely ambitious. I really wanted to play with with the top with the top players. And um, Prega was my coach at, at Bluebells, and Prega played me in a position which I really really didn't like. At the time, it was centre back. I was playing with Zuna Mal. We were playing. Um, I was his destroyer, and he was my sweeper. And I had and I itched to get into the midfield. Because football was becoming boring, I was better than just defending every every game. I wanted I wanted more because I could do more, and so I went back to Serenus and Old Boys, played with them in the '86 season, and for a little while played played in the townships, especially in the townships. And in my last year at college, Bowie Fredericks of Swaraj met me at in, at one of the shopping centres in Lens, and he says. And he asked me what I was doing, and I gave him a, a little, a little history of where I was. A week later, I was playing for Swaraj in the OK League. No, fantastic! And 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 what were some of your highlights there with the Swaraj in that OK League? So that's that, that Swaraj team 
They they were run very differently from from bluebells, and one of the reasons they could it could be run differently from bluebells was because they they had access to resources, and with the resources they were able to bring to be to be, to be able to to cast the net for for players a little wider and keep and, and keep on hold on to their best players. So there I was able to play with um, players like Angelo Birds, who uh, was just a phenomenal player. Um, later on, John Moetti would to, uh, arrive there as well. Dina Pelley and I moved together to to uh, Dynamos. Um, <clears throat> there were players like Sugar, Sugar Patel, who I think with a little luck should have played at the highest level, Harry Patel, and, 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 and players like this. We had an excellent team, but... Uh, we were in the OK League, <laughs> and in the OK League was a real, real struggle. <laughs> it, everything wasn't um, wasn't transparent. Everything wasn't really fair. And without without making any excuses, in a different time, we probably would have won promotion. It it was a great experience. But I must just add one. Siraj was my coach in my first year, and one of the highlights of that. 1988 season was us playing against uh, Morocco Swallows at the Land Stadium in the Bob in the Bob Save game. The stadium was I had never seen the stadium back like that. We lost by three goals to one. Uh, Gina scored the first goal, but that was another taste of what it was for of the things to come if I worked hard enough. Mm. No, absolutely. And then the move to Dynamos, they got how did that come along then? Oh, that was quite interesting because at that point I was quite settled at at, at Swaraj. In my fourth year at at college, I was about to graduate and getting ready. No, no, no. I I was in my second year of teaching already. Um, I was quite happy earning some money. Drove a nice car, but really doing well at, at Swaraj. So Gordon Edelston was was uh, became our coach. And Gordon took a special interest in me. And <clears throat> as soon as Gordon came in, he added a new dimension to, to my team, an attacking, attacking dimension, more with more um, responsibility. And I thought I started excelling and was happy to be there. And then one night we played against Cape Town Spurs at, on a bitterly cold evening at, at Land Stadium. I noticed that the, uh, the Dynamo's delegation was there. I think I had a stinker that night. I was absolutely <laughs> terrible. But um, Najib and, and some of the officials walked in after the, after the game. They sat me down and they said, listen, there's an opportunity for you to become part of the Dynamo's family. Are you up for it? It was like music to my ears. Huh. Fantastic. So there was no hesitation there in accepting that offer. No, no. Um, I, I, Dynamos, John had already gone over. John Moetti had already gone over to Dynamos. Angelo Birch had already made the, uh, the move to Dynamos. Uh, Dina and I were still there, and I, I really thought they were going to take a few more players. But I don't think they could do that because they Dynamos bought the, the, the status of um, Acadia. So they had to take those players from Arcadia too, and there they were lots of them, Robbie de Graaf and Trevor Poole and some Ellen Collicott. 
um, Kelvin Stevenson. They were really, really good players. And I don't think they could have taken any more because the squad would have been too big. But when they came to me, I look, you can't look the uh you, know, you couldn't I couldn't look the gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. That's where I always wanted to be. I was already twenty four years old. Mm. I thought my time had passed me by. Right? All all I did was just to enjoy the game right now. But I love the game and obviously I was doing things that they liked and and I was lucky because Gordon had just moved over to Dynamos. And Gordon took me with him. Gordon felt that I could do a job for him in the midfield. But obviously, as uh, as it would as it would turn out, I just had too much competition in that in that midfield. Mm-hmm. I had to adapt. Now I just got a message here from one of the listeners via WhatsApp. Uh, Salam, who's on the radio from Roshni? I was playing there and. Uh, says uh, Pet, or I don't know if he played for VOP Soccer Club, they were good. Well, the gentleman I'm speaking to is Gora Ibrahim, so he played for VOB as well. Hopefully uh, you watched him play, so maybe you can send us your name um, so we can uh, uh, mention it all as well. And Gora, of course, now, like every footballer in South Africa's dream is to play for one of the biggest clubs in the country. Right. If we talk about today, then it's obviously Sundowns, Kaiser Chiefs, Pirates. In Cape Town, is Cape Town City. Uh, and you got the opportunity to play for Orlando Pirates now. That is huge. How did that uh, opportunity come along? Excuse me. So at Dynamos, two years at Dynamos, um, it, it was it was okay. Words fail me when I tell you of those two years with Dynamos because Dynamos treated us like like a family. They um, made sure that we had, they doted on us, basically, making sure that everything was taken care of. We were a fairly, we were fairly glamorous team. Um, everything in time, everything in time, on time and in place. We traveled in style, we smelled nice, we looked nice, <laughs> we ate well. Um, and there was a glamour about Dynamos that was that the other teams tried to emulate, but they just weren't organized. And one of those very disorganized teams was Orlando Pirates. Back um, then. At the time. Yes. At the time. Morocco Swallows, but not much better. Taylor Chiefs. Nowhere near where where Dynamos was in terms of the way we looked and in terms of the way we did things. These clubs were just very well supported, but the administration were were still lagging behind, way way behind. The the mentality was still very very township, um, and I don't mean and I, and I don't mean it in a bad way when I say township. I mean township because I played in the township as a junior. I know how they. I, I know how the officials operated. We were already on a different level. So I excelled at at at, at Dynamos. You know, becoming JPS player of the of the series in my first year. Um, then I became Sunday Times. I was a finalist for the Sunday Times Player of the Year in the Indonesia Football uh, of the Year uh, winner. You know all of those things. Yeah. So I, I I became the big fish in a small pond. And at the second year at Dynamos, it was difficult to remain at Dynamos because Palacios openly um, openly uh, tried to get me to come to. 
to sundowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, he openly doubted me. He sat there in front of the Dynamo's officials, and he just said, listen, if you come to sundowns, we'll give you X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that because we were at, at um, the Rand Stadium, and I was injured having pulled my hamstring. And I said, uh, Mr. Palacios, I, I'm not so sure if I want to come to sundowns. I'm happy at Dynamo's. Um, and I didn't want. Gora, to we're just gonna. I'm just gonna stop you there for a few seconds. We're just gonna take a few ads, and then we'll come back to the conversation. This is Inside Sports. Sashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a Test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Sign the updates. See you, Khaleesi. In South Africa, our rugby world cup kings in Japan. Inside Sports. Welcome back to Inside Sport on the Voice of the Cape. My guest tonight is the former Vereniging uh, Old Boys, Blue Bell, Swaraj, Dynamos, and Orlando Pirates defender Gora Ibrahim. Now, Gora, you are telling us yeah, how your move to Orlando Pirates uh, started. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as I was saying, so in, in in my second year at at Dynamos, you know, it, it was I, I think I was making all the right moves, and there were quite a few clubs that came in for me, and perhaps most importantly, the big three at the time: Sundowns, um, Orlando Pirates, and Kaiser Chiefs. Um, Kaiser Chiefs were really, really interested. In fact, I know Kaiser Kaiser put out in a, a, a firm offer. And it was all splashed all over the newspapers because Kaiser Chiefs were preparing for their first sortie into Africa in 1993. And uh, Kaiser really wanted to um, increase his squad depth. There were players like Benjamin Reed on his, I think, I I don't know if he eventually went, and there was Shoes Michelle. And, of course, there was uh, someone like me. We wanted to... um, uh, to use to, to strengthen his squad and I was really really looking forward to it because of course then there was Lucas Kudebe who was playing there mm. and at the time Lucas was not playing as a sweeper he was playing as a as a destroyer and my natural position was sweep um, play 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 free and, and organizer it was something that I really really looked forward to but of course it wouldn't materialize so when we found ourselves in the pre-national squad, and we were about 40 of us, it was sort of a Pafana South African team. Pafana wasn't given the name yet. South African national team, pre-national team squad uh, training camp over two weeks at a place called Heldersfontein in four weeks. And that's where I learned that I was going to Pirates. So Saturday came to me in my second week. I was preparing to get married. And he said to me, you're going to Pirates. Everything has been sorted out. I said, but, of course, I couldn't have get hold of any one of the Dynamo's officials. But it was not something that I had anything to do with. It was something that I, I vehemently, vehemently opposed. I didn't want it. But it had to happen. The, it, it, it was just the nature of the, the game at the time. Officials made decisions for us. 
Okay. So um, also now, of course, uh, it didn't go all too well at Pirates. Uh, uh, there were some uh, bad experiences as well. There. <clears throat> Would you like to share some of that with us as well? Uh, Pirates was a bad fit from the starting. You know, <clears throat> I, I, I often write about it more than anything else, just to try to make sense of what my time at Pirates was was like. I am. Firstly, I was never an Orlando Pirates supporter. I liked Kaiser Chiefs and I liked Mama Lodi Sundowns for, for various reasons. They, they, they represented the glamour mm. and, 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 and their way of play was, uh, and their structure and everything about them um, was, was something that appealed to me because we were like the dead animals. Pirates, on the other hand, was just was a very very talented team, but the stories that were that used to come out um, from some of the players that I that, that joined us at at, at at Dynamos from Pirates, it was horror stories. Uh, the disorganisation, the fact that they didn't pay players, the, it, it was really, and I say it with with respect. Though I don't mean to be to be condescending because I played there. It was very township. Um, in the way they did things. They never looked at the bigger picture. And so I wasn't happy to go to Pirates. There was always any, there was always something about to go wrong at Pirates. And dare I say, there's always something at this moment, 28, 29 years later, that could go wrong at Pirates and derail them, even if they eight or nine points clear at the top of the log. Mm. Because that's how it was. I didn't want to go. I had to go. I didn't know anyone there, not one player. But um, I ended up being there. Uh, and so I, I suppose it, 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 um, it just meant the next part of my football life. Zeros? Yeah. Uh, Gora, um, so... So uh, you, you're busy writing a book now. I mean, we've got uh, about seven or eight minutes left, uh, Gora, unfortunately. Um, you're busy writing a book now about your experiences as a footballer. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about the book? Because I know you've been posting a lot on Facebook and, and uh, social media about some of the, what we can look forward to in your book, some snippets of, of some of your stories there. Uh, what made you uh, decide to write a book, uh, especially about your 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 career? So, um, uh, f- football is very football has always been important to me. The dream started when I was six years old, and of course, my dad regaling the stories of the great Serena and old boys at the supper table, you know, made me believe, made me dream of something bigger. But the, the, also the other thing was, having started very slow at school, having learning difficulties, I came into my own later, in, later at school, and I really started excelling. All through, my, all through my journey, my football journey, my studies and my school sort of complemented each other. They went hand in hand. And my book really is about three aspects of my life. Yes, football was also, was always there, and I write and I write in fair detail of all my teams from the time I played junior football, um, teams like Alikwan, Roshni, Roshni, Bluebirds, uh, Glendine, which was my favourite team that I, I set up before I went to 
um, to Verenigen All Boys. But I also, up until the time I, I had my my uh, my my um, bad experience in Venda where I walked off the field at the age of 28 and I said, I'm not going back. But football and and school crisscrossed each other all the way. And with that, my family. For example, in 1993, I went to Pirates, I went to a new school, and I had just got married. If you have to put, if I, in my book, I'm trying to understand how I could have done all of that as a newly as a newlywed. Mm. Two of them were mistakes. I went to the wrong school. I went to the wrong club. Fortunately, I'm in the twin ninety of my marriage, <laughs> so that at least at least some good came of it. So I write about my experiences, Bill, about my family, about my school, about my soccer, and how they intertwined and my difficulty. Being a teacher and being a professional soccer player and the difficulties my family endured when I had my own uh, challenges and pressures at school and at soccer. Mm. It is something that I feel that, 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 that people should know about because the life, the life of a soccer ride is not all that glamorous. It's Absolutely. a lot of hard work. Absolutely. And in our time, we were not even full-time professionals. Yeah, yeah, especially when you played in the days of the FPL. Uh, so, Gora, when can we um, expect a release of the book, or it's uh, almost in the end stages, or are you still finishing uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done right now. I'm compiling photos of my early life and of all the soccer clubs and you know that I played for, especially the amateur ones. Um, we're busy. My my brother in Frenesen is helping me compile, and then I'm then some of my friends who I played with are sending me a lot of photos. A lot of photos. There's quite a bit of um, uh, photos that I need to to make sense of. I don't know. I my daughter's a journalist. Unfortunately, unfortunately, she's in London doing her masters. I wish she was here right now, that she could have guided me i'm i'm looking for i I have one or two people in mind who's going to help me put this whole thing together but the most important thing is the writing's over and it took me all the whole of a year to put it together oh fantastic we we actually can't well we're actually looking forward to uh, seeing that book come out and read about your story as well i got but i can't let you go before asking you as a former fpl player uh, yes. To share some of your experiences at some of the grounds, or we have lots of guys in studio. You mentioned Keith America, uh, Farouk Abrams, uh, uh, Booby Solomon, Sally Adams, Vinnie Barnes, Adi Abrams. We had them all in studio, and we have to find out. We want to ask you to share some of your experience at those FPL grounds, Lanasia Stadium, Athlone Stadium, Curry's Fountain, uh, wherever you played. One of my biggest regrets, and perhaps my book will be la- will be named No Regrets, My Story. One of my biggest regrets is that I played such a short short period of time in the FPL. I'm good friends, and I'm very good friends with um, with James George, with with Booby Solomon, with Siraj Abbas, mm. and I've got all of them on, on on Facebook with me, and I and I watch. And I, and I see all the things that they've accomplished playing in different grounds. And I am so sad that I was, I was just born a little later. 
And I wish I was born a little earlier so that I could play against him. How I wish I could have played against Boogie. <laughs> I played against Doug Borman, and he gave me a football lesson. Mm. I played against Keith America, and he told, and all I, all I heard between Keith America and, <laughs> and Calvin Peterson was clinky. I don't know if Keith, if Kiro and, yeah. or, or Calvin can remember, but at Northdale Stadium, as a 15-year-old, that, 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 Every time they said clinky, I go into a little panic because it was a little pass and, and one of them would dart into uh, dart away from me. Mm. Northdale Stadium was is perhaps the stadium that will always stand out because there I got my first baptism of fire. <laughs> Curries, I played there in in, in, in in the final when we lost against um, Manning Rangers in um, I think it was 1985. And then, of course, playing it at, at, at Athlone Stadium, oh, that was a real struggle, playing at Athlone Stadium. Um, the wind was, was, was very difficult to play against, but the pace and the fitness of those Capetonians with Duncan in the middle and just making sure those guys run like the wind on the side, he just used to thread those passes. That was, that was always a standout memory. But oh. a real, real standout memory, Fantastic. Um, uh, two of them is the one at Northdale Stadium as a 15-year-old. That team with Farouk Abrams, I think, as the captain, mm. was the best team at the time in the, in, in, in the FPL. And the second time, a year later, when Samora Kulu, Oskar Seller, and Cyril Masala came into Serenachan, I'm not a year later, I'm sorry, about two months later, when I made my, my, made my official debut, Dougie was, Dougie was clever enough to realize that I would never manage with Samora Kulu. So he played me in the midfield. Left half that time, remember, we had right half and yeah. left half. I played left half on my weaker foot, played for most of the game. That was my official debut. I can't forget that. No. I, came up, I came up against some real players. Bethelstein come before he went to Pirates was playing for birds. Mm. He was mercurial. He was unbelievable. Chris Fortune is a center, center forward. He swore the whole game. I know Chris, Chris Fortune is an is a, um, academic or whatever, but on the ground he was as competitive as <laughs> ever. He swore like a sailor. And I didn't relent at, at all. Gora, unfortunately, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it there. Time has just caught up with us, but it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you, and we look forward to that book coming out. And all the very best to you and your family. Thank you, Firoz. I, I want to thank you for for giving me the opportunity to come on air. I feel really, really privileged, and I feel honoured. And I wish you all the best with your show. And in future, inshallah, that we can speak again once I have more to say. Inshallah, inshallah. Gora Ibrahim, thanks a lot. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. I'll be back with more sporting news on the drive time from Monday to Friday from Mifiro Sheikh. Have a lovely evening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The Voice of the Cape, ninety-one point three FM Stereo.